The AMA Moving Medicine podcast highlights innovation and emerging issues that impact physicians and patients today. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's Moving Medicine video and podcast. Today, we're talking about the value of peer support among physicians and how to establish a peer support network in your own practice. This episode is brought to you as part of our ongoing work on the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians. And I'm joined today by Dr. Mark Greenewalt, who's on faculty at the Virginia Tech Carilion School of Medicine in Roanoke, Virginia, and serves as Vice Chair for Academic Affairs, Wellbeing, and Professional Development. He's also Medical Director at Carilion Clinic's Institute of Leadership Effectiveness. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Greenewald, it's great to have you back. Thank you, Todd. It's great to have the opportunity to be back. Well, it's been uh, a long year, but it has been about a year since we, we talked, and uh, much about our situation has obviously changed, but we are still fight a pa- fighting a pandemic, and we're still seeing record levels of physician burnout, problem before the pandemic, uh, and really exacerbated by it. Now, I know you and your wife um, are both physicians, and you have a wide circle of colleagues. I'm curious, just uh, you know, ear to the ground, what are you hearing right now? Are, have physicians kind of reached this, uh, a breaking point like we're reading about? And why is supporting physicians especially important right now? Todd, thank you for that question. Yes, many physicians have reached the breaking point a long time ago and have been really traveling on fumes. It's pretty amazing in some cases. And and please know it's not just physicians, it's the entire care team. And in many cases, also our administrative colleagues. When it comes to physicians, though, they're really, what we're seeing right now are those who actually saw some glimmers of hope in the context of maybe this last this last surge back in January and February with the original Omicron variant would be the last one. And we would start to be more flu-like, if you will, in terms of, of what we were dealing with with COVID. And that's not been the case. And what we're seeing now, of course, is that there's a lot of staffing issues that are happening on the back end of this that are really exacerbating the problems. And, and I'm watching a lot of physicians who somehow have held it together through to two and a half years almost now of COVID who are now starting to break because they can't get back to do their jobs as they'd like to just because of staffing as much as anything else. Kind of like you see that light out there and then it just <laughs> keeps going keeps going dark. Uh, it's got yeah. uh, to take a toll. Um, well, and, you know, we had, we had talked, I believe, in our last time together about at that time, everyone was talking about um, the 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 folks leaving in record in record numbers from all kinds of jobs. The great resignation is what it had been called. And I think I had shared with you that what I was seeing was more of the great reprioritization as a lot of physicians in particular were starting to step back and say, you know, is this what I really wanna be doing? Is this intensity really worth it? Uh, and what we're seeing now is both a request from a lot of physicians in what I'm kind of calling the great reduction of saying, I want to keep on working, but not as hard as I was before. So I'd like to cut back on my hours or for those who are not able to be able to do the work that they want to do because of staffing are looking to relocate. So the great relocation is also happening right now as they're looking for perhaps places that can support them better. So there's a lot of things happening right now. Uh, I like both those terms, the great reduction, the great relocation, certainly uh, certainly on trend. And speaking of on trend, 
you began piloting a program back in 2019 that was really devoted to you know this peer-to-peer -peer support, and it was a program called Peer RX Med. Um, looks uh, like you were pretty spot on back in 2019. Yeah. That was before the pandemic. Just for uh, the sake of listeners out there, you know, remind us what the program uh, is exactly and the thinking behind it. Absolutely. So Peer RX Med is a peer support program that is designed really for one-on-one -on -one peer support. And when I'm talking about peer support, this is proactive peer support. So the idea that no one should care alone as we travel this journey of, of healthcare. And so by having a peer, a buddy traveling with you on the journey, you don't care alone. And I believe that a lot of distress that, that folks experience within healthcare is not just a result of the challenges of the work that we do, but also that often we do it alone in isolation. And so the, the idea of being able to travel with somebody, not just to commiserate with, though that becomes part of the journey, but also to encourage, um, to, to help to, to stretch, to hold accountable perhaps. Uh, all those things become part of the journey when you have somebody that you travel along with. And I call those your peer RX med buddies or your peer RX med partners. Uh, and you're right that, that it was very prescient to be thinking about this program prior to knowing that that uh, pandemic was coming. And that's because, as you know, the whole idea of physician distress and burnout was already incredibly prevalent prior to the uh, pandemic. And so the need was already there and it's just gotten more so during this time. Now this particular program relies on uh, physicians connecting with colleagues. Lots of different kinds of support out there. I'm curious how uh, does this kind of support uh, from from one's peers differ from, let's say, support you might find in other places or methodologies like therapy, and why is that so important? Sure. Well, the, you know, when when I think when a lot of when a lot of physicians and others hear the term peer support, what they think about is what happens within many health systems, in particular, where they have a second victim program or in our own institutions called a trust team. And it's more of a reactive peer support. It's, it's the idea that something adverse happens to you, maybe a, a tragic patient occurrence, and that the first victim, if you will, is the patient and their family. The second victim are all the care team that surrounded that. And so a lot of that peer support is more reactive of, I'm coming to you as a helper. You are now the helped. And, and while I think there's a place for those programs, certainly that's the tip of the iceberg in terms of, of what's really happening out there in terms of distress. And it really requires that something happen first. Whereas this program is really is really looking at it from much more of a, of, of a proactive, I'm going to travel with you now so that if and when distress comes, we already have a relationship. I can already comfortably reach out to you and say, I need help right now. And, and as we know, I need help is not the kind of words that come naturally for most physicians based on both our selection and our socialization. And so the ability to do that naturally with somebody who already knows us is, is, is essential. How does that differ then from things like therapy or even coaching? So therapy has a place certainly, and, and there are many physicians who have reached that point of burnout where therapy is absolutely the right answer for them to have somebody in a more professional mode who's traveling with them as the helper. And they literally are the helped in this case and, and from my own experience, having had the opportunity to have a therapist work with me during a time of incredible distress, 
Um, I'm a huge advocate for therapists being able to help us on our journey and hopefully can disarm that for other people because it, it during my particular experience, as I tell people, it didn't save my life, but it gave me my life back. Mm-hmm. And that's essential. Coaching, on the other hand, coaching is more proactive and coaching can also have a place in this whole process of support. Coaching is more focused on the individual um, rather than on a friendship or a partnership. And coaches are transient. So they will come in and work with somebody for a while and then they will step out again, just like therapists. Uh, And then the question is, who's there to support you after that? The the unique feature of PRX versus a normal support system that perhaps others would have is that your buddy or your partner knows what you're going through. As you shared earlier, my wife is a physician, but I don't bring everything home to her for two reasons. One is that I don't want that to be defining our relationship. But secondly, because she doesn't understand truly what I'm going through day to day in the work that I do, we do very different work. And I don't, I want to make sure that somebody who's traveling with me can say, I get that because literally I'm using that same electronic health record. I deal with those same challenges with, with patients or this particular population of patients for this particular disease process. So all those things become an important part of that peer support that is both proactive and mutual. That's interesting uh, because your program is uh, BYOB, bring your own buddy. So right. some physicians may be able to do that. Others might find that kind of a deal breaker or not be well prepared to do it. What What's your advice on finding someone to be that buddy? Because that's a lot. That's going to be a pretty important relationship. Thank you, Todd. And I'm going to quickly trademark BYOB before uh, <laughs> before you get to it. That's brilliant. Yes, I might have heard that before. Uh, (laughs) So I've had so I've had uh, folks ask me, you know, I I would like to be part of this program. Can you match me with someone? And as I say, I first of all, don't want to become a matchmaking service. But secondly, it's important that you have somebody who you resonate with by whatever measure you would use for that. So the way I encourage people to go about that, particularly those who are a little bit shy about, you know, it's almost like reaching out and saying, will you be my friend? Um, is to look for those who are already in your circle who you find yourself for whatever reason drawn to, somebody that you resonate with. Uh, What I found with some folks is it's not necessarily the people in your health system or in your practice. We've had some of the most successful buddy pairings that have lasted the longest are from folks who have gone back to medical school friends or residency classmates and, and reached out to them again and rekindled those relationships because you already have a shared experience that goes way back in time, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be, it can be just people who are, who are in, your, in your network right now. We do have some folks who, who use their partners in their practice and that can work out very well. Uh, so it's not exclusive one way or the other. We have some who, who in some of our practices, I'm, I'm a family physician, and so we have some smaller practices where they have an advanced care practitioner who really is functioning as their partner in a two-person practice, and they become their buddies. And so it can work many different ways. We also have some who, who form triads, uh, and they, they say, you know what, I don't want to be exclusive to one buddy, so we have two buddies that we travel along with. There are no rules um, and really what I've, what I've really enjoyed is watching the creativity of different both groups and individuals in terms of making this work for them. And from what you said, this could apply to someone at a large health system or it could be a small practice. Absolutely. And when I, when I first envisioned this, I really had the vision of a health system becoming a PRX med system, just like you would have a magnet program for nursing or something like that. 
Um, that We've not gotten to that point yet, though I have had some health systems who are participating in different ways, and we're still trying to figure out what does that look like within a system. What I have found is that when buddies are assigned, that can work, but often it doesn't. There's just not that commonality to start out with, and I think it's that chemistry that allows folks to then become more vulnerable on the journey, and that's part of the goal of this is to really get to the point where I can feel like you are a trusted other that I can share some of my struggles and some of my burdens with, as well as some of the things that are joys, joys for me and, and bring meaning in my practice. And that takes time. And so that's, you know, my goal in being proactive is that you're having these conversations every week because of the prompts that I send in the, in the weekly nudges. And in those prompts then, and having something to talk about that's cued, you become comfortable talking about anything. And that's really the goal. Medicine doesn't stand still, and neither do we. AMA members don't just keep up with medicine, they shape its future. Help move medicine, join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. Um, so you got three years under your belt now with this, uh, this program. I'm curious what you learned uh, and how it's evolved, because I'm sure you didn't anticipate when you started this, you'd have two years and, uh, and going of a pandemic yep. thrown in the mix. What, what have you learned? No one should care alone, Todd. Uh, and I believe that more than ever. And in watching colleagues who continue to struggle, what I haven't necessarily learned, but that's been reinforced is we're a tough group, we physicians, and we really like to armor up. And so even the idea for many of reaching out and even just saying, I need someone to travel with, or even more appropriately, I just want somebody to travel with, seems to still be very hard for people. We tend to be really ruggedly independent in terms of who we are as, as a profession. And so my hope is that we continue to break down those barriers through simple things like this program. And this is, this is certainly not the only thing that, you know, this is not the answer to all of the challenges that we have right now. Though I do believe that if every physician in, in America across the world literally had a buddy or more than one buddy who they were traveling with, a lot of the challenges we would have right now would be attenuated greatly compared to where they are right now. And it's interesting, too, because you, you talked about earlier uh, kind of having a buddy in place. Uh, it, it's important as opposed to a kind of waiting for the emergency to happen uh, and being reactive, that you've got, you've got a uh, person you can confide in proactively as things, yep. as, you know, as you say, you're, as you're traveling um, you know, through, uh, on that journey. Um, why, why is that, I guess uh, it goes without saying a little bit, you know, have that in place, but any other thoughts about the proactive versus reactive nature of the program? Yeah, you know, I, one of the things that I, I ask and I've blogged about this on the PRX Med blog is, who's your 2 a.m. friend? So who is that person when your life is falling apart at 2 a.m. because either you've just gotten some bad news about something that's happened or you're just having your own personal struggles and you're waking up and staring at the ceiling and think, man, I wish I had somebody to reach out to right now. Who's that person who you wouldn't say, I wish I had somebody, but oh my gosh, I'm calling that person right now, or I'm texting that person right now, and I know they would be there. Not I hope they would be there. I know they would be there. And again, you having that, that's an insurance policy. Uh, but also, were I to have to do that, 
And we're all going to have those times. If not now, at some point in time, we're going to have challenging times knowing that I can reach out and I don't have to catch them up on anything. They can say, Mark, I can tell by the sound of your voice that, that stuff's going on right now. Tell me what's happening. And I don't blink before I start saying, all right, here's what's going down right now. Um, that, that prevents so many bad things from happening, including those folks who would contemplate at two in the morning because we know this happens. I can't go on. You know, I think the only the only answer for me is to end my life. And we sadly know that that's happening right now for physicians who are under incredible distress. And so, you know, this is not intended to be a suicide prevention program, but I want to believe that over time, having a buddy is going to prevent some suicides from happening. On the flip side of that, it is also going to hopefully allow people to thrive in ways that they otherwise wouldn't have because now they're starting to share the upside of the journey as well and having and reminding each other of all the incredible things that happen on the journey that we have in healthcare and on our own. It's easy to forget that in the, in the midst of a busy practice with a lot of really tough stuff happening right now. Well, you have probably heard uh, that the AMA has launched a recovery plan for America's physicians, kind of right. recognizing what physicians have been through and taking care of this nation and making sure this nation is taking care of them. Uh, yep. Key part of that, obviously, is reducing physician burnout. And we recently talked with uh, physicians to find out why a plan like this is needed. And you probably won't be surprised. One physician said, you know, too often uh, practice leadership will say, hey, let's talk to you about resiliency training. Or yeah. uh, there's kind of a running joke about uh, not again, not another pizza party. Mm -hmm. uh, I think these are a bit cliche um, because we know there are a great many of folks are, are focused on this problem. Um, but I'm curious, you know, what sort of mistakes or missed opportunities that you see practices making uh, when they when they think about offering support to physicians and their care teams, and what can we learn from those mistakes uh, in the last two years that physicians have spent in this kind of crisis? The the biggest challenge I see for many organizations is owning their stuff, and 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 what I mean by that is it's it's challenging to to have an organization begin to do their own introspection and so an organization is often organizational leadership and to really be able to say how have we contributed to this and how are we continuing to contribute to this in terms of how the structures that we've created perhaps the processes that we've put in place how we have or have not supported our care teams both prior to and during the pandemic and to be able to say we recognize that things aren't great. Um, and to really, I think, be part then, so inviting physicians and others on the care team to realize that you aren't us as administrative leaders, but you get us. And I think that right now that's not demonstrated by exactly the things that you talked about, Todd, which is, you know, the answer to this, while I'm, I'm I certainly believe that resilience is an important thing for us. We physicians are incredibly resilient as are our care teams to have just gotten through a pandemic. And I'm always a fan for those things that can help me do better with that. But to, to make that your lead play just implies that the, the issue is that I'm just weak, that we're just weak and we are far from that. Um, and so when that is the lead, it almost becomes insulting 
And it almost really says, we don't get you and we're not even trying to get you because the fact is that you know this, the AMA has done a great job of saying it's the system, you know, it's exactly. solve yeah. the system problems. And, and so system leaders need to be able to own that. And, and, you know, we know, um, I've done some work with, with some of the other team at the AMA around some health systems that are working with the AMA right now that literally for the first time are even doing surveys of their care teams to find out just what it is like right now. I credit them for doing it. I'm amazed though that it hasn't happened prior to 2020. Uh, and again, I'm always a fan of let's move forward with, from where we are. So really asking systems and system leaders to be able to engage physicians and believe them when they tell you it's really rough right now. Uh, and not to just try to put a Band-Aid on that or not to try to just put some window dressing on that, but to really say then, how can we help? Where are your pain points? We're very serious about trying to do something about those. Uh, and I think that could be the greatest gift that any administrative leader could give to a group right now. And, and really to say, we do this in our own department in, in my organization, which is Let's name the pain points. Let's put them out there. We're not going to try to pretend that they're not there. And then what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to advertise the plan. Here's what we're going to do. And we want you as, as our constituents to hold us accountable for that. And I think it's that kind of accountability to say we're going to move that needle and, and we have to move that needle. I think it's going to be a real gift for everyone. I'm glad you brought up that point about system level problems. I think the research shows that it's about 80% of um, uh, the source of that, uh, that burnout can be traced to system-level problems. Um, Dr. Greenwald, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you want to learn more about PeerRxMed, you can visit the site PeerRxMed.com. We'll put that in the description of this episode. And you can check out uh, the physician well-being programs that the AMA offers uh, by visiting the AMA website. Those assessments that Dr. Greenwald mentioned um, can be really important to improving uh, uh, the well-being of physicians. Uh, to learn more about uh, AMA's recovery plan for America's physicians, visit ama-assn.org recovery. Uh, we'll be back soon with another moving medicine video and podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care. This has been Moving Medicine a podcast by the American Medical Association. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. I'm Todd Unger, and this is Moving Medicine.